all the good things. We got all the good things. So he had to be so resilient and so grateful for life to have that perspective, and that's amazing. People continue to honor you and soldiers like you who sacrificed so much for us. So she basically had all the odds stacked against her. She she really started from the bottom. May I just say again, balls to the walls. So when I said started from the bottom, now she here, I literally mean like in the sky. It's because of you guys that we are able to be a leading country. She really is an American hero who represents the American dream of working as hard as you possibly can to make your dreams come true. Hello, hello, and welcome back to All the Good Things Podcast. We are a podcast that tells good stories only. I'm Esme. And I'm Melissa. And we are so stoked to share some good stories with you today. The 4th of July just happened this past weekend, so this episode is very special, and we're going to share stories about how great America can be. Absolutely. And on 4th of July, what better day to remember all the wonderful things our country has to offer and all the wonderful people that make it beautiful. Aww. Yes, so we got some some good stories about America today, and we hope that you stick through and listen. And we also believe that telling good stories can change the world, and it can change your perspective on life. And one of the ways that we honor that is by sharing good things that are happening in our lives. So, Melissa, what's a good thing going on with you? That was so good, Esme. I just have to shout you out. I loved how you oh, said thanks. that. Um, a good thing going on with me is, I don't know if I said this last time, you guys, but I'm on a camping kick and I really enjoy being outside and going outdoors and getting refreshed. And we added a new toy to our outdoor collection and it's a blow up paddleboard. So it's, a blow up paddleboard. It's the new toy, you guys. It's great. <laughs> So I recently learned that blow-up kayaks are called duckies. I wonder if a blow-up paddleboard is also called a ducky. A ducky SCP. I'm about it. I want one of those too. (laughs) What about you, Esme? What's your good thing? My good thing is that I got to experience southwestern Colorado for almost nine full days. Oh my gosh. And I loved it so 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 much we were really lucky because on our road trip my friend Haley um had some friends living in Durango Colorado their names are Alita and Keegan shout out to you guys thank you so much for being our fantastic hosts and we were only supposed to be there for three days (laughs) but we loved it so much that we just said hey can we stay longer and we were planning on staying for five days and the fifth day came around and Alita basically said, you guys should stay longer. We want to take you on this like hike to Ice Lakes and we could do hot springs and we could go to this place. And so we basically stayed for around nine days instead of the original three. Wow. Because we loved it so much. The pictures looked amazing. And you guys were really lucky because I think quarantine, like the lockdown was starting to ease up, right? While you were there. Yeah, they were in the stage where you could go into public places if you had a mask and social distancing and like a lot of the restaurants were open with uh, wear your mask to the table and once you're at the table you can take it off but it didn't really matter because most of the things that we were doing were in nature like we did some beautiful long hikes up to like mountain tops that were still had snow 
And Southwestern Colorado is so cool. I've never really spent time there before. I've been to Colorado before and seen the mountains. And I've also been to Utah and like Moab and seen, you know, the mesas and plateaus and buttes that are just super red and vibrant rock and stripy. But Southwestern Colorado, Durango, Colorado, Colorado (laughs) is this really cool blend of both. So it's like the mesas that you see in Utah and Arizona, but then they're also covered with trees and forests and there's a bunch of waterfalls and uh, Colorado looks really appealing to me. Like I could live in Colorado. I will absolutely move there with you if I don't move to New Zealand first. (laughs) If New Zealand, if you guys deny our visas, we have our backup plan. Um, no, it was also super cool, though, and like really relevant to our episode today. That's going to highlight the good things of America because I basically just did a really long trip through half of the country and got to see how gorgeous our country is. And like we have such a vast and like we have such a vast country full of so much variety and terrain and culture it was beautiful to just watch it you know pass by my eyes out the car window and yeah so do you want to kick us off with your good story today melissa i'm really excited to kick us off with the story because i'm super patriotic about fourth of july it's one of my favorite holidays to celebrate in america i just love the fact that People can come together. We can celebrate being free together. We can honor the people who have fought for us. And it's just an all-around good day. And though we can't celebrate it the exact same way that we usually do in America with all the fireworks and, like, big crowds and barbecues, I hope that these stories that we share today remind you of what it's really about. So my story today is about an amazing soldier and how he has overcome obstacles and how he is still a leading example of the American dream, even now. Woo, woo, woo. So Taylor Morris, right out of high school, decided to join the Navy. And he had a supportive girlfriend named Danielle Kelly, who is still his girlfriend today. I'm just going to let you know that right now because it's cute. And she supported him the entire decision to join the Navy to fight for our country. And she stuck by him through those hard obstacles, even when he was deployed. Well... Taylor and Danielle are only 23, and of course they have really big dreams and really big plans for the future. And when you're with someone who's in the army or fighting for a country who's in military, it can be very hard to have those kind of dreams of the future when your partner is being deployed across the world. You know, I don't have that experience firsthand, but I can only imagine how difficult it must be to lose contact with the person you love for a long period of time and not knowing about their whereabouts or if they're safe. And that's something that happened to Taylor. He was deployed to Afghanistan, and he's a Navy petty officer, and he had been using a metal detector to clear a path for his Army Special Forces team when he stepped on an IED, and it changed his life. Is that that something that blows up? An IED is an improvised explosive device. And not to mention, this is very scary stuff. Like, you're using a metal detector. You're going first. You're on the front lines. You're the one who has to clear the path. So he had to be, like, balls to the walls brave to do that stuff. Balls to the walls brave. 
That reminds you of those peoples whose whose job it is to taste test like an emperor's food before oh, they eat yeah. it in case oh, it's poisoned. God. You're like way, way back, back in, in the day. day. That kind of stuff, man. It's it's real. And I like to stress how brave that was because sometimes small tasks that you wouldn't think are too dangerous can be really dangerous when you're in a war. So keep that in mind. But that moment changed his life. He ended up flying through the air and he lost his legs and his arms. All of them? (gasps) All of them. He became a quadruple amputee. He lost both his legs from the knee down. He lost his arm to his left elbow and his entire arm on his right side. And he says he can actually remember flying through the air, flipping, hearing his um, fellow officers call his name like in the middle of the battle. And he says he can still like picture and realize that he lost all his limbs right there. I know it's tragic it's real but this is some of the stuff people need to know like these guys are really out there fighting for us quite literally with everything they have to offer and through all that in that moment he just thought about Danielle he was like what about our lives we're so young I don't have any of my limbs I still have so much more that I want to do in the future I'm 23 years old so he was 23 when that Mm -hmm. happened So as soon as Danielle heard the news, she immediately was just thankful that he survived. And so was Taylor, obviously. He's also very grateful he survived because he is one of only five surviving quadruple amputees. That's crazy. And to put it in perspective, there was over 2.4 million people sent over in the war against Afghanistan. Also, just like, well, first of all, he survived a bomb that literally exploded directly where he stepped. You know, like he, that's crazy. Oh my gosh, badass. Badass. Now you understand why you would suffer like PTSD. Like, oh my God, that's traumatic experience. And and when you talk to him about it, once he realized he was alive and that he was going to survive and he was in that small bracket of survivors, he said, you know what? It took his limbs, but not his spirit. Say that again. Much vinyasa. It took his limbs, not his spirit. And luckily for him, we are in a day and age where we are making strides in technology. And this awesome prosthetic company was able to get him fitted arms and legs that he can use. Um, Of course, it took him a while to get prosthetics, but I'm happy to share with you that he is able to pick things up and reach things off the shelf now with his prosthetic help, which is awesome. And the best part is Danielle, she dropped everything once she found out he was coming home to go into recovery. She had just started an awesome real estate job in their hometown of Iowa. And she quit it so that she could move to D.C. where he was going to be receiving his proper treatment and care and physical therapy sessions. She moved into the apartment with him. She was at all of his recovery sessions. Of course, she had to be the extra arms and legs for him when he didn't have those. And and she said it was hard. Like, it was very hard. It was emotional being there. 
and seeing him like that in the beginning. But she said his spirit just continued to grow as he realized like, oh my gosh, I can still reach a shelf now thanks to these prosthetics. I'm able to still talk to you and talk to my family and my friends. And, you know, you can't say that about a lot of his fallen soldier friends. That's amazing. I'm so proud of him for looking on the brighter side of things because losing your arms and your legs could easily crush your spirit. So he had to be so resilient and so grateful for life to have that perspective. And that's amazing. Also, prosthetics are so cool. I geek out over them because they're really related to kinesiology, which is what I majored in in college. And like the way that our body is designed to move is so intricate and beautiful and fluid. It takes so much intelligence and knowledge to build prosthetics and even more for your body to be able to adapt to like the new mechanics that it has to to go through to use to use prosthetics. So it's like just so cool all around. I'm glad that we have advanced to that point in technology where we can provide quadruple amputees with the ability to walk and and use their arms, even if they're not, they're just an extension of your arms. Exactly. It's awesome. And his whole town in Iowa, even though he's still in Washington, D.C., even though he was there, his hometown is very close-knit. And if you visit Cedar Falls in Iowa, you can be sure to see the community or at least one person walking around with a t-shirt in his honor or wearing wristbands in his honor to commemorate him. Okay, so there's one good thing about Iowa. Yay! (laughs) I'm from Minnesota and we don't really like Wisconsin the most and then Iowa's kind of just like bleh. But now, now there's a good thing in Iowa and thank you for opening my mind to that, Melissa. I'm so glad I could help you do that, Esme. They said they received tons of letters from school children. They received cards, lots of donations. Because he was in the military, he did say that his prosthetics and his recovery, his medical was all covered um, for him because being in the military, like, you know what? He's given a really big risk. I hope that would be covered. But people still donated, you know, to support his family with what they're going through. And this website called thechive.com posted Taylor Morris's story and raised over $250,000 in the first two days so that they could buy him his dream house by the lake. It's been a couple years now and he has been able to recover so much that he even was able to dance with Danielle at their wedding. They're married now, and they still have all the hopes and dreams that they still had before the accident as just 23-year-olds. They still want to grow old together, do their traveling. She wants to go back into her real estate job, and she's going to support Taylor with whatever his passion ends up evolving into over time. It's so beautiful, and I hope you guys have the best long-lasting marriage and that people continue to honor you and soldiers like you who sacrifice so much for us and on behalf of Esme and I and all of us at All the Good Things we really appreciate you we are so so in debt to you guys we are just amazed by how much you did for us so Esme 
you want to take it, girl? Yes. I also just want to say I love that story so much because you started by recognizing the bad thing that happened to him and the bad thing that is war overall. It's not a good thing. But that's the whole goal of our podcast is to, you know, acknowledge that bad things are real and that they happen. We're not here to pretend like they don't exist. But you can always find something good to focus on instead. And instead of focusing on the fact that he lost four limbs, he focused on the fact that he was still alive and that he still had people in his life who he loved and who he could grow old with and get a house on the lake with and dance at a wedding with. And it's just perfect. So thank you for sharing that. (laughs) And he's an American hero. So in line with our um, our episode on the Fourth of July, these are there are good things about America that we can talk about, and I'm really excited because my story is also about an American hero, and it's an American hero who most people may not have heard of. So, do you know who Bessie Coleman is? Because after you find out and listen to this story, you're gonna be like, "Dang, why isn't she in any of our history books?" Ooh, I'm ready. I'm ready for that segue. Tell us what it is. Ooh, ooh. Okay, so Bessie Coleman is fantastic. And she is a, a black woman who was born in America in the deep, deep South way back when segregation was still super intense. So quick timeline for you to get a perspective. The Civil War ended and that effectively ended slavery as well. But there is this lag in time between when the Emancipation Proclamation was put into act and when they actually communicated it to slaves. So for about like two, three years, people were still slaves, even though it was against the law again, because no one told them that they were freed. And that's the holiday that people celebrate now is Juneteenth. It's when people actually understood that they were finally free. That happened in 1865. Bessie Coleman was born in 1892. So just around 30 years after slavery really ended. So her parents were definitely in that generation of of being slaves. And during this time, they still had a bunch of laws and rules around segregation and that whole era is known as the Jim Crow era and that went until like 1968. So she is freshly free but still in the deep south and still a black American. So just to give you a picture, her family was very, very, very poor and I'm talking like so poor that they had 13 kids and only nine of them survived beyond childhood. Oh my god, that's so sad. I know. So she lost four brothers and sisters and her parents lost four babies. Wow. That's also a lot so of she kids. was I know. It's like I can't even fathom losing one. I can't even fathom losing my dog. I can't imagine how intense that would be to lose a child and then to multiply that by four. Yeah. Crazy. That's intense. So she basically had all the odds stacked against her. She she really started from the bottom. But by the end of the story, she's going to be here. And if you can't see me because you can't because this is a podcast, I just raised my hand super high to pretend like it was touching the roof. But really, she would crush the roof and, you know, 
fly into the sky and grab the stars. This probably isn't appropriate, but started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> started from the bottom, now my whole team. Okay. No, that's very accurate because she did start from the bottom, and by the end of the story, she's epic. So I just thought that was really important to highlight how like how much she had stacked against her. And despite all of that, she still went to school and she excelled in school. It was it was a one room segregated school, but she still crushed it. And she especially crushed it in math and science. So you go, Bessie Coleman, you smart, you smart, smart woman. And she was so excited about education and learning that she saved up as much as she could so that she could attend college. And she found a school that would accept black people. It was like an agricultural school, and she paid for one semester, but was too poor to continue on beyond that. So she couldn't keep going to college because of poverty and instead decided to move to Chicago and at age 24 took a job working in a barbershop. Now, this is where stuff gets fun and interesting for Bessie Coleman because when you work in a barbershop you get to eavesdrop on a lot of conversations you know it's very fun and she was eavesdropping slash just talking to people probably and kept hearing these amazing stories about people coming back from the war who had flown crafts in the sky so she was hearing all of these stories about pilots and thus the dream begins and thus the dream begins. Ooh. So she was hearing all of these stories about people literally flying in the sky and got so excited and basically had a dream that she would become a pilot one day. And she tried to find schools, aviation schools in the U.S., but they were all segregated and told her no because she was black. But she found someone else who believed in her and who sponsored her to go to Paris to learn how to fly a plane and become a pilot. This girl just decided, I'm going to be a pilot. And then when America said no, she said, Paris said yes. Here I come. <laughs> <laughs> the French said yes. And I also just want to shout out, I don't know who gave her that opportunity, but shout out to them for recognizing that it wasn't okay to segregate and stood up against the common discourse that it was okay and said, I'm going to support your dream. And it wasn't an easy thing to go to Paris and learn how to fly a plane. So she actually had to learn how to speak French just so she could go to this school. So she picked up a whole nother language, went to a completely different country for the first time in her life just to make this dream come true. May I just say again, balls to the walls. Balls to the walls. We should call this to be balls to the walls. No, really, she was just, she was a go-getter and she wasn't going to let anyone tell her no. And I think that's absolutely amazing. And on June 15th in 1921, she became the first black woman to earn a pilot's license. Ooh, and that's in the world that's huge that's not just in america that is in the world she became the first black woman pilot and like oh, girl <laughs> get it get it get it get it so when i said started from the bottom now she here i literally mean like in the sky like flying a plane soaring above all of our heads and when she came back to the united states she was famous and people were 
you know, celebrating her when they had first told her no. So it's it's kind of this funny thing about how like we're not going to help you get your dreams. And then as soon as she came back, she had international status and they were like, woohoo, we're going to fly in all of our airplane shows and do all of these things for us. And so she did. She started stunt flying and actually went on to go get advanced pilot training in both Germany and the Netherlands. So she not only got her pilot's license in France, but decided to take on a job of like really intricate, challenging flying, which is stunt flying, where you like do the loop-de-loops and the dives and then come back up to the sky. And so, so, so cool. She's a badass. Balls to the walls. Not badass. to mention, you guys, this is back when planes are very new and they do not have the cool, safe technology that they do now. So this Absolutely. woman, Bessie Coleman, is freaking flying this plane in circles, doing loop-de-loops, and it's not even probably, like, very safe at all. <laughs> it's not safe at all. <laughs> it's actually so not safe that uh, her plane crashed, and she's such a badass that she survived a plane crash. Her angels were with her. I know. They absolutely were. They absolutely were. So she survived a plane crash, was stunt flying in the U.S. and was also a huge advocate for social justice and really used her her leverage and her platform to speak up against racism. So because it was still Jim Crow, a lot of the shows that, you know, had stunt flying were segregated, white people only. And anytime they invited her to perform in these shows, uh, she said no. So she would only fly in shows that also allowed black people to be in the audience so you know good job bessie coleman use your privilege and your status to stand up for for your community and she was actually so um so iconic at the time that she was offered a role in a movie that would be you know centered around her bessie bessie gonna be famous in hollywood a-list celeb but she read the script and the very first like page of the script had her dressed up in like tattered rags and just portrayed as like a super poor uh uneducated black woman and she said no she's like i don't agree with that portrayal in the media so i'm not gonna accept this movie offer and she walked away from a movie offer during Jim Crow as a black woman in America. So badass. She also saved up enough money to buy her own plane. Nice. I mean, here we are like trying to save up for cars and stuff. And she's like, nah, I'm going to save up to buy a plane. Right. So she she's epic. And unfortunately, that plane that she bought eventually crashed and she passed away. No. From a plane crash? But not before she did. <laughs> she did. Unfortunately. And she was pretty young still, too, but she had already achieved yeah. so much legendary status. She has already, like, made so an impression on so many people that her life has probably been more full than someone who lived till they were 80 in her time. Probably. Probably. And honestly, you know, if her dream and her love is flying planes, that's probably exactly how she would have wanted to die. And so she passed away in 1926 and over 10,000 people attended her funeral. And the funeral was led by um, 
Ida B. Wells, who is a very, very famous social justice advocate as well. And since then, she's been recognized by NASA and is currently in the National Women's Hall of Fame and the National Aviation Hall of Fame. She's being recognized for her extraordinary work. Absolutely. And I love this story because she really is an American hero who represents the American dream of working as hard as you possibly can to make your dreams come true. And she did. And she didn't let no stop her from doing what her heart wanted to do. And she didn't let society stop her from doing what her heart wanted. I also want to highlight how cool it is because obviously we can't take back what our country first went through. Like we couldn't take back slavery. We can't seek justice for those who couldn't get it during the past times. Like we can't go back. But we can move forward, and I'm very happy. She's being recognized in the National Aviation Hall of Fame and the Women's Hall of Fame. That's really awesome, and I'm proud that we're at that point where we can do that and show that there's equality among us all. She's also well-known by her fans as Queen Bess. I just think she is so fantastic, and... I wish that more people knew about her. So I thank you for listening to the story and hearing about Queen Bess, Bessie Coleman, the first black woman to ever get her international pilot's license. And really just like this iconic American hero who tends to be swept under the rug and she shouldn't be. So tell people, be like, hey, do you know about Bessie Coleman? And then when they say no, say go listen to all the good things podcast. Thank you for sharing a story about the American dream, very patriotic, and we've also got one about American hero, so this is very 4th of July, friends, and I want to sing you a little snippet of a song I wrote for war heroes when I was like 14. Oh my gosh, yes, I'm so ready. (laughs) My war heroes, each and every one of you, thank you for all that you do. I just want to say proud to wear red, white, and blue. Forever owe my freedom to you, war heroes, my war heroes. This one's for you. Good job. I'm applauding. That was amazing. (laughs) What? Thank you. Thank you. This is the perfect day to sing it. Have you ever, like, professionally recorded that? Because you should. No, and I actually have it, like, as a full song. I have all the lyrics, and I wanted to do it, but I always was like, is that cheesy to record a super patriotic song? Actually, I would totally do it. I'm not even ashamed, but <laughs> also, I don't have any music 14. to That's it. That's so cute. I know. Well, this is my chance to share it with the world, so I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that was absolutely amazing. The last thing that I want to add is just, like, a, a tidbit to – to the times that we're living in today. And I I remember having this conversation with you before, but I think everyone protesting and the people who are doing it peacefully is honestly one of the most patriotic things that you can do because our country was created by a group of people who decided to stand up against an oppressive government because they didn't believe in the practices that that government was partaking in. And we created a beautiful country for it. And our First Amendment right is the the right to free speech. So I think that when people are protesting peacefully and not vandalizing or looting or causing destruction, 
it's really like honoring the creation of our country and the 4th of July and and celebrating America. Like there are people who love America and want to hold it to higher standards to be the best country that it can be. It's so awesome that we have so many people that voluntarily enroll and enlist to fight in our military to protect our freedoms. And we do not take that for granted. Thank you for allowing us the space to be able to protest in peace. Thank you for defending our rights from other countries that want to take that away or that aren't sure of how they can have this sort of freedom themselves. It's because of you guys that we are able to be a leading country. Yes. Thank you to every veteran out there who has fought for our freedoms. And thank you to everyone who is using those freedoms in the way that they were meant to be used. And thank you to all of you for listening to our podcast. Please make sure to share us with your friends and family and just add some more good into their lives and to their day because our podcast is full of good stories. You can find us online at www.allthegoodthingspodcast.com. We have a beautiful website. Go check it out. It's got fun pictures and scrolly things and yeah. (laughs) And to our winner who won our free 4th of July giveaway, we hope you enjoy your merch and your I Am Free shirt. Woo! So good. So good. And lastly, please, please, please follow us on Instagram at allthegoodthingspodcast.com. And enjoy your week, friends. All the good things. We got all the good things. A story to uplift and moments of bliss to remind us all that life is a gift. And because we truly care, all the good things we share. All the good things.